Don't you tell me that it wasn't meant to be Call it quits, call it destiny Just because it won't come easily Doesn't mean we shouldn't try Allison makes teaching and music worthwhile for me. She grips the worn-down frets of her guitar with grit and humility. When she joined Lane's TV production and broadcasting class in 2010, I was elated to meet a student who was fond of sharing her musical artistry and creative vision for the development of the program. Caring for her younger siblings, surviving complex brain surgery, finding her voice in the harmony of crisis and transformation, this girl doesn't quit. She just strums in and out of the rhythm of providence. As a teacher, you can't help but be proud of how far she's come, listening to her sound and learning from her soul. What's up, everyone? Welcome once again to the Adaos Podcast. Um, this is episode six, and I am so excited to welcome Allison Pinsack. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, have I been saying it right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to, they used to call me Pink Sack. Oh, yeah. Why not? Um, <laughs> and also just speak right into the mic whenever. You could even like pull it, too, anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. But yes, for those of us who don't know, um, Allison actually was my student in the TV broadcasting class back in... 2010 Ten. was it? Mm-hmm. Is that when you graduated? I graduated 2011. 2011 I think started in 2010. Yeah, 2010, and then she was my student for like what two years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool because Allison not only was my former student, but she's kind of basically blossomed into like this fantastic artist who is now. Um, going to release a, her, her her first single March sixteenth, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so uh, I couldn't think of a better student to to have on as my first student guest than Allison. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. How's the music going? And I know that we talked about this before, but it's like, how are you feeling about all of it? Nervous? I'm. <clears throat> I've been feeling pretty good. I've been working really hard. Um, I kind of have like, you know, my set hours. I wake up still 6 a.m. every day to get my day started. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm putting in a lot of hours. So I think I'm always going to be nervous whenever I release anything new. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I've kind of just come to a point where I'm like, I can't be afraid anymore. I just have to kind of go for it because... If yeah. I live in fear, then nothing's ever going to get done. So. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Like when I when I first did this whole thing, mm-hmm. like when I recorded the the episode with my brother, episode one, it was like I with a click of a button, literally, mm-hmm. like all of this was going to begin, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like you could either just sit back and hope that things happen for you, yeah. you know. But like the moment that that you put all your work into it and make sure everything is in the right place. And you just have to make that choice, you know, and that's that's a terrifying thing for a lot of people because it's like 
you you ex- you're open to people judging you. Mm-hmm. You're open to criticism, mm-hmm. and it's like, are you ready for that? Right. You know, right. and it it only gets more and more difficult because you know your your audience grows mm-hmm. and like your experience grows, and it's like you just you just have to keep going up. Right. You know, and when you fall, it's it it's harsh yeah. because you're in the public eye. Definitely. So it's like bottom is like bottom. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Ugh. But the, the the amazing thing about you, though, Allison, is that you did this shit on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you didn't have people make all the decisions for you. Like you, no. you had to to find, you know, people to to help advertise you. You had to um, find the right people to produce your music. Yeah. And it's like those decisions were so crucial to your success. And you've come so far. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very inspiring to see a student from Lane Tech be this type of person. Mm-hmm. You know, one who's just self-driven and self-motivated. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone who really believes in their creativity and art. Like, that's amazing to me. You know? And um, I feel like I didn't really have anything to do with it. I kind of just sat back and watched you grow. So for well, me, it was, it was very did. cool. <clears throat> I think your class, honestly, I think your class was definitely a contributor. Yeah. Um, being on camera and having to learn how to edit videos and how to write scripts has mm-hmm. honestly played a huge role in kind of the stages that I'm in right now, you know, making my promo videos and learning how to edit graphics and um, kind of like trying to figure out what to say. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that it was, I mean, we broadcasted that all over the school. It's like over 4,000 kids. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> to me, sometimes, like like I said before, I always used to be so afraid because, you know, like you said, we're afraid to be judged. But no. I kind of had this moment last year where I barely wrote. Um, I was in a really dark place last year, and I, I wasn't really working on myself creatively. Mm. And I kind of came to a point where I was like, honestly, like if people judge me, mm-hmm. I already know who I am. So if somebody calls me stupid or somebody says my songs aren't good or somebody, you know, whatever it is they say about me, I'm like, I know myself mm-hmm. and what you can't say something about me and make it true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So say all you want. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my pictures or whatever it is online, like I'm very very honest about that stuff on mm-hmm. my Instagram and I get messages all the time from people like thank you for being so honest like I have a video up of me playing a song on a face mask and it wasn't like a, oh I'm gonna hit him with that face mask to like show that I'm <laughs> you know an honest person no I was wearing a face mask playing guitar I'm like I'm gonna record this and put it up mm-hmm. and I don't think that I would have I think I would have been more fearful had I not had the experiences with little BTV mm broadcasting my face all over the school and i did i even did a segment where i actually performed yeah and i that's right and i remember i got a lot of i didn't really have a lot of friends in high school Mm -hmm. i kind of just did my own thing Mm -hmm. and so you know i heard like she thinks she's so great she thinks she's better than everyone she thinks you know whatever whatever and it's like you don't even know what i think you're not inside my head Mm -hmm. and i was proud of the song i wrote and i was able to perform it and to have the guts to put it out there like when a lot of people can't even be honest with themselves, you know? So mm-hmm. I was like, 
whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you, I think what was cool about you as a as a student from a teacher's standpoint <clears throat> was that you were you had a lot of self deprecating humor. Like <laughs> you you just laid everything out on the table and you took advantage of like the the mishaps that happen to you and like Always. you make them you you're very funny with them and you're just like this is this is it like i have nothing to hide like yeah. i'm seriously this prone to accidents and yeah. bad things happening 100%. Like, like this is just who i am and i think that translated really well on screen and kind of like people were like oh that's allison you know and you needed i needed <laughs> a student who could do that because not many students do yeah and uh it just so happened that like you know you were that that type of a person and i think as a teacher that's so refreshing to to see students who are honest about their shortcomings mm -hmm. and and own up to like the mistakes that they make i i can't <clears throat> lie i mean like i have a really hard time lying mm -hmm. the smallest things like you know like if I used up all the paper towel at the house, you know, that now that I'm at home with my dad, yeah. he's like, all right, who used the last paper towel and didn't change it? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, sorry, dad, I'll change it. <laughs> like, I can't not yeah. be honest. And so I think that I'm, I mean, I'm a clumsy person. And I think like on camera and like in pictures, a lot of people are like, you're just so beautiful and you look so put together. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I trip over my own feet 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I, I literally walked into a wall this morning and my dad was like, how did you not see that? <laughs> I just, I'm a very clumsy person and I make mistakes and I think it's important for people to, like you said, own up to their mistakes or their shortcomings and kind of just own them because if we don't, then we don't learn. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. You, you need, you need those, those setbacks because those setbacks are actually something called a, a disc, continuity in learning where there's something that happens to us that hits us emotionally mm -hmm. right and questions our our morality and our judgment like when we feel confused or like oh i don't know why i i i'm feeling this type of resentment or sadness that those are the true learning experiences mm -hmm. right and it's like i think i i see you as an individual who's constantly had those things not just like in high school but like your entire life yeah. has been you know those uh, one big shit yeah yeah <laughs> and you were able to be like okay well this is how it's gonna be so I'm gonna solve some problems and just yeah you know brave the storm yeah and I, that's very rare to see in in young people and you've used that as a way to, to strengthen your, you know, your art, to strengthen your resolve. Like that's, that's such an impressive thing. And, uh, you know, I encourage like students to learn from you yeah. because you are a living example of what that is. Like for those of you who don't know, Allison has actually frequently come to my classrooms and spoken to my kids mm -hmm. more than any alum that's ever walked into the building and visited me. And, she she's just so open to telling her story <laughs> and they're like they are you have to like look at these kids because in in this this presentation because when they look at like Allison and hear her story they are glued to her her their attention oh. is just beaming because they're like this is a lane student like this is someone who has gone through some so many trials it's like i could do that too like i could be successful and you know be resilient 
and when they when they see you, I think it's a testament to to how strong they can be. Yeah, you know, and how they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I talk a couple of them. You know, they email me or they we message on Instagram and whatnot. Yeah. And I think at first a lot of them were like, "You're just so great, and you're so this." And and I, I'm very honest with them about things. I'm like, it wasn't always easy. Like, mm-hmm. and I I'll tell you, I tell you all the time about things I struggle with. I'm like, because everyone's always like, "Well, you make it look so easy." I'm like, trust me. It's not easy. I cry about everything all the time. Yeah. When I struggle, it's really difficult for me. But at the end of the day, I know, like I said before, who I am and where I want to go. And I mean, no matter what's going on with life, it's like you either let that stop you or you let it propel you forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've learned from experience, you know, letting things kind of take control of you and, you know, letting your emotions control your situation only hurts you. So I kind of just, I don't know, started to change my ways over the years and came to a point now where, like you said, I just kind of deal with the problems, find solutions, and then move forward. Yeah. What were some things? Okay. So obviously I know a lot about your life, but for those of us who don't know, what, what were some things that you had to overcome at a very early age? So... Um, growing up when I was 12 or maybe I was 11 when we found out, but it was in 2005, um, we found out that my mom had cancer Mm -hmm. and found it very late. And so it was a very quick, you know, we found out in January, Mm -hmm. 2005, she passed that August. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was obviously devastating and having three other siblings, a dad, you know, my dad was working picked up three different jobs. Um, And so I never really fully appreciated or understood any of that until very recently, to be honest, but growing up without a mother figure and I'm, you know, my family was very hands-on. My mom's side of the family was very hands-on and we had a lot of help from people, but you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, you wouldn't have done it without us. But at the end of the day, I'm like, we went to bed by ourselves. We walked ourselves to school. We, like me and my sister, did my brother's homework. We cooked, you know, burned, but cooked meals, um, you know, at the house. And, like, getting into high school, getting into college, like, my dad, I love my dad to death, but he's so busy working, he was never the type of dad to sit down and be like, well, let's go through the application and figure out what you need. It was me and my sister like, do you know how to do this? I don't know how to do this. Well, let's figure it out. And so I think that was like a huge thing, you know, growing up and in high school, you know, a lot of the kids would go party on weekends or after school, they'd hang out at the McDonald's on Addison mm-hmm. for hours and hours on end. And, you know, it was always, well, Allison thinks she's better. Or Allison isn't cool. And I'm like, I'd love to hang out, but. I have to go home and get make sure my brothers got home from school safe, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, make sure that they eat dinner. Number three, make sure their homework's done. And then on top of that, make sure I do my own homework. So that was like a lot, like a lot. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the things. Um, and like kind of, you know, as I grew, like as I'm growing now and continuing to grow, like kind of learning 
where the the void of a mother has affected me emotionally and I guess just like career wise like um I don't know how to say it I guess like how I how I handle certain situations you know um but so that's interesting like you know all my friends are getting engaged now or having kids Mm -hmm. or you know having boy troubles and I'm like whenever I experience things like that you know People are like, oh, I'm like my mom's flying in or like I'm calling my mom and I'm like, cool. Like just me. It's chill. But so my dad became the mom essentially. Like my dad knows everything about me. I tell my dad everything and people are like, you tell your dad that? And I'm like, I mean, I don't really have anybody else to tell. And my dad's pretty cool about it. So yeah. um, But yeah, that was, I was 12, Mm -hmm. which is like insane to me because I'm double I lived an entire life, a whole nother life without my mom mm-hmm. up right now, which is like just insane to me. Yeah. But that, I mean, and that's, a, that's a crazy thing too. It's like you, you had to, you were forced to be an adult mm-hmm. when you, you didn't want to, <laughs> you weren't ready exactly. and no one really is right. Like there's yeah. so many people and families who, who's like this, the siblings have to be the ones who are the, you know, the parent and mm-hmm. whatever hardship, you know, their, their parents face, it's like, okay, you, you have to step up because that's just, it's survival really, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and there's, you don't have a choice totally. and you could tell that those, those are the students who kind of get through it, who have like a lot of grit, mm-hmm. you know, and I look for that. Um, and it impresses me because those students I'm sure have been through a lot already, mm-hmm. you know, they're barely like 13 or 14 and it's, it's like, you have to, <clears throat> I guess you, it, it makes you appreciate a lot more. Mm-hmm. It makes you appreciate it a lot Definitely. more when you when you're coming from those types of hardships, mm-hmm. um, you know. And it's it's just it's really inspiring because not in by no fault of their own. Like a lot of these students uh, whom I teach, they're they're coming from very very comfortable circumstances, mm-hmm. you know. And to a point where sometimes those comfortable circumstances can can really give you tunnel vision as to what the world actually is Mm -hmm. and I try to introduce you know contrary thought things that like have them at least like think about their circumstances in relation to the you know the the outside world around the world you know other parts of Chicago and I think it's a blessing this year at least that I'm teaching regular freshman classes Mm -hmm. and I'm teaching seventh grade LTAC Mm -hmm. and it's like those are opposite ends of Chicago and I have to find a way I'm trying to find a way where there could be some type of like mentorship um that goes on between my Altec and freshmen because Mm -hmm. it's like they need to hear each other's stories because they need to know what struggle looks like Mm -hmm. you know on both ends because for them the the freshmen have so much anger and spite towards like the Altec kids because it's like well, yeah, they're smarter than us, and Aww. you know they, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're smarter than us. They're well off. They're they're rich, and it's like okay, but do you know that they also struggle too? Yeah, you know, in different ways. And then the Altec kids are like, man, the freshmen hate us. They're so mean. You know, they they're jealous of us, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but do you know where they came from too? Right, right. So I think that's such an important concept to to continue to embed in in your life is figuring out your struggles but also that a lot of people have also struggled and that we all kind of go through it yeah I think a big thing for me is like human connection you know like 
I try my best to, you know, as an artist, I feel like a lot of people are like, I need more fans. And I'm like, I'm, I've never, since I was 13, like, I would always say, I don't want to have fans, I want to have friends. Mm-hmm. And kind of how that grew now, like, when I have people that admire my music and reach out, you know, I know a lot of people who are artists that I know that are like, I'm not going to respond. And I get it. Like you can't respond to everyone and you can't be friendly with everyone. But if someone is looking to me for inspiration or motivation, or I do that for them, then I want to, I want to give them something back that they can hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think my experience have kind of just taught me that, like my struggles don't make me special. You know, when I was younger, I was like, well, I had to deal with this, this and that. And you have no idea. Right. And then going through high school, going through college, especially learning that, you know, this person over here has dealt with this problem and this problem. And I don't know anything about those problems. And it's, it's like, wow, like I'm not the only one who struggles. So I'm not going to use that as an excuse as to why I can't do X, Y, or Z. Right. Like everyone struggles. And I think that when people connect, you know, when you connect with people younger than you, like when I connect with a lot of your students, you know, we might be very different in age, but we all feel the same things Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So if we can connect on that level, then that's, that's just more knowledge for both parties. And then they can take that knowledge and maybe help someone else yeah. along the way, right? Which is what I love. Mm-hmm. And I think that the danger too, though, is like when when you fall into the 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 habit of comparative suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everyone has their own problems, yeah. and so for you to compare yours to others and be like, "Well, that person, you know, is uh, they're like trying to justify mm-hmm. the your life in a way." Yeah, one hundred percent. And that it just becomes like an a, a pain versus pain battle, yeah. you know, and that's just, it, it gets ugly. Yeah. And it's it's like, never fun. It's never fun. <laughs> you know, like people certainly get jealous for sure. Yeah. You know, whether you're a teacher or a student or, you know, um, a creative artist, it's like, you're always jealous of someone else's success sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's like, you don't know anything about that person, nope. how they got there, you know, how much work they had to put in. Mm-hmm. It's like, just, do what you need to do to get 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 ahead, you know, get your 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 goal or whatever aspiration. And it's like and just be content with that. Mm-hmm. Be content with your process because your right. process is completely different from yeah. how that person is gonna achieve. Yeah. Um yeah. But I'm I'm sure like with music for you, like you're you're con- that's constantly in your head, is that like, you know, how do you f- compared to this other artist or and that's that just comes with a territory it has to yeah that's um it's actually a topic that i was exploring yesterday um kind of and as i was writing my bio but you know everyone's always like well who do they sound like or who do you sound like Mm -hmm. when i when i'm telling you know if i'm working with a and r's at labels or talking to publicists whoever it is who do you sound like Hmm. and i'm like myself i mean i don't really know like i i listen to a wide range of music and i feel like that part of the music industry kind of bothers me sometimes because people like oh well you know she's like a she's like a this or 
she's like a city Adele or she's like a sure like a less country Carrie Underwood and it's like why do you have to compare yeah and so that's why I think you know a lot of people in the industry a lot of my peers especially I hear it constantly you know well I feel like I'm nowhere I feel like I'm not do- I'm like why imagine if social media didn't exist we would all think that we were like making it big <laughs> and like right. really like getting shit done mm-hmm. but because we have all these other visuals and you know people boasting about what they're doing or maybe even not boasting but just trying to like tell people what they're doing it's like you can't help but compare yourself Mm -hmm. and it's a struggle because you know i'm like i don't know what artists i sound like i sound i mean i pick up influence from five different artists it's like well you need to just say one and it's like okay well i can't right because then i say one and then people are like well i don't really hear it so then all of a sudden they like write me off and it's like "Eh, whatever yeah but that's that that, sucks (laughs) yeah that does because i mean you know in all honesty there's no way that we could create the things that we create without being influenced by a multitude of mm-hmm. of people. Like when I play, I'm, I'm learning jazz music and I keep talking about jazz music like on my podcast, but yes. it's, so, it's something that's awesome. I love it. And I, the, the great thing about it is that like I'll listen to various jazz artists and in a way you kind of mimic them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's all influence. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I like this style of how this person does. And you, you kind of mesh together all those, those people who came before you, you know, and then you kind of make your own thing. Mm -hmm. But like, that's the beautiful thing about music that I think people, it gets convoluted. Like people think that, Hey, no, you're just, you know, you're copying and you're imitating this person. Mm -hmm. It's like, they're an influence. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear a little bit of that in there, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so it's... I'm sure it's like it's that's got to be really challenging to to kind of battle, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think the question that comes up a lot too is like, well, why are you different? Yeah. I'm already different. I mean that just like that question because every human is different, like I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Tell me about it, Miles. <laughs> You're different. Um okay. But yeah, I so I'm like I don't know. I guess like my upbringing makes me different or whatever makes me different. And it's like constantly like, and then I feel like it's just a a crowd of people trying to like prove that they're different. Mm. And I'm like, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but like we're all already (laughs) pretty unique. Like you don't need to like shave your left eyebrow, which is something I actually considered doing What the heck. I'm like, you don't have to like shave your eyebrow, bleach your whole head, wear outrageous out. Like you, I mean, if that's your prerogative, yeah, <laughs> be my guest. But like, we don't have to do these things, and that's. I think that that's like, I don't know. I see it a lot in Nashville where. It's like your brand. Like, what's your brand? Mm-hmm. Which I do think your brand is very important to you as an artist. I mean, if you think of like Ariana Grande's brand or Katy Perry's brand like they have very specific brands to them which is amazing but I'm like I don't know I guess it's it's something I've been thinking about like how do they control the market like they have to control it somehow so it's like well who are the really notable ones the ones who have these like crazy brands but it's like you have these other artists who don't walk the red carpet and don't play all these huge um you know festivals and concerts but their music's really fucking good yeah like incredible and and so many people now are making music like my little cousins 
make music on like their laptops Mm -hmm. and like kids in high school, kids in grade school are like in the studio and like making music. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's 7 billion people. Okay guys, like there's room for all of us here. Mm -hmm. You don't have to step all over the people around you to prove that you're more unique. Like you're already a different person than I am. Grew up in different States, have different names, different families. Like, it's not a fight, okay? We can both be good. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like, we can both be good. It's fine. We're both unique. Yeah. Well, what makes you very different? What makes you, like, you know, why should we listen to you? Because I think you should. Like, I don't know what you, I don't know what you <laughs> right. want me to say. And then I always resort to, like, which sucks, but, like, well, what's impressive about you? I always have to say, well, I had brain surgery. Like, there's a missing part of my brain and I'm still functioning. And then it's like, now they're interested. Now everybody's like, whoa, whoa, shh. Yeah. You guys, did you just, she's, <laughs> she's literally missing. But tell us more. It's like, so if I had a full brain, you wouldn't care. But because, you know, because I actually suffer from having less of a brain, now all of a sudden I'm important. Like, I'll pass. Thanks, guys. You know, I don't know. What so like okay because all this whole life is foreign to me and I want to I would love to know more about it but it's like when you walk into a room like mm-hmm. a meeting mm-hmm. what what are like the first things that you think about like do you do you prep yourself up before or like do you have a, an outline of everything or just like so I used to I used to go in and be like Little Miss thing yeah flip, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to own these people, you know? And then yeah. I kind of like learned that they would ask questions that I wasn't prepared for or things that I hadn't thought about. And like, even just like, you know, coffee meetings with friends, they're, they're asking me questions about things that I never thought of. And so I'm like, okay, I'm doing something wrong here. Or like, maybe I'm not doing something completely right. And I always just resorted back to, you know, growing up, my dad would always be like, just be yourself, just be yourself. And, Obviously, for a long time, like, I didn't know who that was. I didn't know what that was. I'm like, myself. I'm myself all the time. How can I not be myself? But looking back at interviews or pictures or outfits I used to or whatever it was, I'm like, okay, it makes sense now. So now when I walk into meetings or podcasts, interviews, you know, whatever it is, I'm like, you don't need to prep if you're telling the truth, you don't need to prep if you're being yourself. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just, I don't know. I mean, if I have specific questions, like I had a meeting with um, a publicist recently and I had another meeting with um, who was a songwriter, uh, manager for songwriters. And so for that, I, you know, I prep and I do my research because mm-hmm. there are specific things that I need to know that I want to know. But even then still, if I think I have all the questions thought out, they might say something that disregards another question and then makes me think of another question that's relevant. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, just, I kind of just go into things like that. Just telling, you know, myself to be myself. Well, okay. At what point were you like, okay, this is myself. Like this is, I'm, I'm going to go in 100% authentic and, because I, I'm very confident as to who I am. That didn't happen for me mm-hmm. like three until three years ago, up until yeah. three years ago. Like, and I'm, I'm almost 40, you know? And it's like, Jesus, that took a long time. <laughs> well, 
Well, no, I think that we're constantly changing. I mean, I, I always tell people like, especially guys that like want to date me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) Because I'm crazy. I change my mind every five seconds because my goal as a human right now, if I'm not changing and evolving every day, I'm wasting time. Mm -hmm. Like you, like I research constantly. I like, I'm in school. I tell everyone I'm still in school because I school myself every day. I'll pick a topic, whether it's how to change oil on a car, how to change a tire on a car, whatever it is. Like I will think of a topic and that's what I'm learning that day. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, we're always learning more. The, the more we learn, the more we learn about ourselves. And so that should change like every year. And so, you know, when I graduated from Belmont in 2015 and moved to LA, I was like, hell yeah, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I mm-hmm. know exactly who I am. <laughs> how, I know what I want, how I'm going to get it. And I fell right on my face. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, just kidding, guys. Um, let me move back to Nashville. Moved back to Nashville, same same mindset. This is it. I know what I'm doing. It's exactly what I want. But then I feel like there's something missing, and I feel like, oh well, I'm I'm not really doing what I want to do, and I'm not really actually that happy. And is it being caused by the people I'm surrounding myself with? Is okay. it being caused by my environment? <clears throat> like, what the heck's going on? Mm-hmm. And then so, um you know, 2017. So the very beginning of last year, I had just gotten out of a relationship. I had my own place, just got a new roommate, got a car. I mean, like I made these crazy changes, things that I like never, I never thought I would do or that I never get to. And when I made those changes, I was like, okay, this feels kind of weird and uncomfortable. And then I kept making more moves and I'm like, this is extremely uh, extremely uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I kind of just learned that, like, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations mm, yeah. and testing yourself is really what makes you, you know, you kind of look at the road and you're like, well, I don't like this, but I really like this. So I guess that's more me than this side. So I'm going to go this way. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you're following that path and you're like, wait a second this isn't for me. And then you kind of pivot or shift. And so I think that last year, 2017 was a huge year for me as far as that whole realm is concerned. Um, I mean, and that goes for like how I view friendships, um, family relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, romantic relationships, work, creative, you know, creative work. And, I kind of came to a point where I was like, you know what? I feel comfortable in my own skin now. And there was a lot of tears and a lot of late nights and a lot of depression that like came along with it. Yep. But I'm like, you know what? I made it through that storm and this is where I am. And every day I'm just going to keep throwing myself in uncomfortable situations. Like I was nervous to come here. I was like, oh my gosh, like I know Mr. Doubt. Like I've talked to him a million times. Why am I nervous? And I'm like, because I've, it's something I've never done. Mm-hmm. But if you, oh, there's a quote that I love. I love telling people in order to, in order to have things you've never had, you have to do things you've never done. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's, 
literally every day. I'm like, if I want this, I have to do this. And I've never done it, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. That's the thing. It's <laughs> No, no, but you're absolutely right. Like, we don't put ourselves in uncomfortable situations enough. Mm-hmm. I think we get so, so routine that we kind of get blindsided about, mm-hmm. you know, when something happens. And it's, it's incredible how blind you can easily get. Oh, yeah, completely. By getting into a certain routine too much, you know, and when you, like, because no one wants to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, no one's seeking out uncomfortability. Well, except for you, but... <laughs> no, but, like, in, in, a, in a very, like, for someone who follows everything the exact same way, um, I think there's a danger in that. There's obviously a danger in that. But it's like, I haven't thrust myself into those uncomfortable situations, like I said, until recently. Mm-hmm. And I think you also have to just, like, be curious more, yeah. Yeah. you know, and when with that curiosity, I mean, you can you can really take those chances a lot more easily. But I also don't think that like we're curious anymore. Yeah, you know, um, because we're we're just fed with what is ideal. Yeah, what you should be doing. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's that's that's a rough patch, you know. And it's like it's. Like <laughs> yesterday, my wife and I went to King's Spa. Oh, um, I went there before. Did you <laughs> the salt rooms and stuff? <laughs> but There's did like you, naked people well, everywhere. That's what. That's yeah. a thing. For those of you who've never <laughs> been to King's Spa, it's a Korean spa house, and there's a restaurant there too. But like you, you if you want to go into the hot tub or like the cold water tub. Um, you have to be naked and you have to shower. And so you have to be comfortable around naked men. And if you're not, you're going to get freaked out. Right. And same thing with women too. Like you all have to be naked. But when you want to go into those specific like heated rooms, that's when you like have your pajamas on and like you, you know, you go into like a co-ed area and they all have like various rooms with various temperatures. And it's, it's, it's relaxing, but it's very unsettling at first. But mm-hmm. it's like before I could have been like, you know what? I'm going to stay in. Yeah, I'm going to stay in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, well, what? what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so luckily nothing did. But it was great because it's like I felt great. Mm-hmm. I felt great. I was uncomfortable, but it felt great at the end. And uh I'm glad that you you kind of like took this chance too because it's like not many people are comfortable, yeah. you know, or well, even want to be on a podcast. I think too <laughs> when you when you feel more comfortable in your own skin, it makes other situations less uncomfortable as well. Because mm-hmm. like I said earlier, like you have nothing to hide, mm-hmm. you have nothing to prove. So it's like if you just go like go in it with no expectations and like mm-hmm. it might suck, it might be great. <laughs> But I'm just going to go because I want to try it out. Yeah. And so like going into the spa, like, I remember <laughs> when I went for the first time, people were like, just be warned. Everyone is naked. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then it's like. like oh, everyone is naked. Like literally <laughs> everyone is naked and I'm like putting a towel, like yeah, tiny, towel tiny towel to like cover my body up. And then now I walk in there. I'm like, hello, it's me. <laughs> Check it out. You know, but it, it takes time to get it does. there. And I think something that I was thinking about too um, is when you when you are wanting to make a change or you are wanting to grow, your intentions have to be authentic. Sure. 
I mean, I know like in Nashville, going to Belmont, I have had a lot of friends that want to do things because in their head, well, this is what's going to make me. This is what's going to get me further. This is whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, why don't you do it? Because you genuinely care. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the show because I have to show face. Okay, so you're going to go to a show that you don't really want to go to to kiss ass of you know, asses of people mm-hmm. that don't even care about you. Like, how about you go because you genuinely want to see your friends kill it tonight? Like, yeah. But, yeah, so many people are caught up with what, what you should do or what you have to do. And I'm like, why don't you just do what you want to fucking do? Mm-hmm. And if people don't like it, that's their problem, mm-hmm. not yours. Yeah. You know, if you're happy and you're this. Oh, man, I read this thing today. The second you become comfortable with your own decisions, like that's when, that's when the magic happens. Oh yeah, because you don't have you don't need approval from anyone. Right. You yeah. know, I'm gonna walk into this spa naked, and you're like, it. Sometimes in our heads, we're looking, we're like, everyone's judging me, everyone's staring at me, but really, everyone else is singing the same thing or yeah. thinking about work or something completely different. It's like, why do we like torture ourselves? Yeah, worrying about what's going on in other people's heads, like. Me personally, I can barely control what's going on in my mind if there's ever <laughs> anything going on up there. So I'm like, why am I even like worried about what somebody else is thinking about when I don't even like I'll stare at a wall for like five minutes and be like, oh, I don't even know why I was staring at the wall. Like, <laughs> And I'm like, but then when I'm out, I'm like, she's looking at my jeans and she probably thinks they don't fit me well. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do we do that? It, it, it doesn't go away. Like that's no. always going to, that's going to be part of your existence for, for a long time. I mean, there are people who like just don't give a shit better than others, mm-hmm. you know, totally. but I, I mean, I still think about that stuff all the time. 100%. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe, but there's also that other voice that's just like, dude, like you're fine. Like yeah. it's all right. Mm-hmm. I think people don't have that voice strong enough, yeah. but it's like both of those, those two forces battle, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it was an interesting experience. I'll say that if you guys get a chance, go to King Spa. It's crazy <laughs> and awkward, <laughs> but relaxing, relaxingly awkward. Um, man, do you like performing more than anything, like live? Or do you like the the production process, like the best? Um, I know those, I mean, those are obviously, there's more than options than that, but. No, those are definitely my top two favorite yeah. elements of what I do. Mm-hmm. I really love performing, and I've kind of been torn actually lately because I'm trying to get my live show together for my release party. Um, but I also, there's just something about writing a song. Mm. Like I love performing. I love telling stories. I love being in front of people, but there is something about having a feeling, Mm. having an emotion. And, you know, I'm totally guilty of calling my three best girlfriends and bitching about it. Mm Mm-hmm a guy or a situation, whatever it is, like I'll call. And, and every time I do that, I'm like, why didn't I just write about it? And so that's what I've started to do. And there's just, I mean, songwriters are so amazing. They're like unicorns. Like <laughs> we literally create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Like emotions aren't even tangible. Mm-hmm. And we like literally sit 
and say, well, this made me really sad one time, might make a good song. Sure, let's try it out. And then we write words that we like look up on rhymezone.com, <laughs> whatever it is. And then there's a song and then we record. And I mean, that to me is like, it's literally magic. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that process because I can say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And whether people judge a song when it's out or not, like that is my emotion. That is my heart in that song. And oh my gosh, I'm so proud of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I spent a lot of time being afraid of that. But now I'm like, yup, mm-hmm. listen to it. Yeah. But then being on stage, I feel like a lot of, a lot of times that I've played, I've had several people come up to me and say, you know, like you can hear a pin drop when you are performing. Yeah. Like it's so silent when you speak, when you tell whatever. And I never really understood it, but I played a show in 2016 called Music City Big Break. Yeah. It's like this competition. And <laughs> everyone had a band. I was the only solo person, <laughs> which I was totally singled out. Totally didn't make it to the next round either. Mm-hmm. But I was like, screw it. I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to rock it. And I, first of all, people were crying. Second of all, I was like, it was like no one else was in the room. Like when I'm on stage, I think that's what I love because I'm almost positive. I'm an introverted extrovert. Yep. So I love people. I love talking to people. But if it were up to me, I'm like a recluse. Like I, when I go out in public, I, I hate seeing people I know mm-hmm. because they want to stop and they want to ask questions. And I am like, I forget what I'm doing on a daily basis. <laughs> so like, I just need to get there. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on stage, I literally just close my eyes and I'm like, I'm in my room with my guitar and I'm playing the song yeah. to myself. And then I open my eyes and people are looking at me like, holy shit. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is a moment. Like we're having a moment. And I like having those moments with people, my friends. And here's, I think the best thing about performing. So I think it's really easy if a stranger were to see me perform. It's one thing for a stranger to be like, that really touched me. Not that that isn't significant. It is significant, but I don't, I don't know their story enough to be like, wow, that's really moving. But for friends, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. If you can have, man, if you have your friend's approval, mm-hmm. I had friends that night of that show, that competition, message me on Facebook, Instagram, like that one song you played was everything I've ever wanted to say to my ex. That song you played was really important to me because, um, you know, X, Y, Z. And it was more specifically a song I wrote called Come Down, which is a song about being in a relationship with someone who has a problem with substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like, uh, one of the, um, the first line of the song is, come down, come down, how can you love from up there? Like, how can you, how can you say you love someone, be there for someone when you're always high or you're always drunk or whatever it is? And I played that song and I there were probably six or seven people crying. And I was like, this is why I love what I do. Because growing up without a mom, you know, going through my recovery after surgery alone pretty much, I never had 
I, I had musicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I looked up to my favorite musicians and listened to their songs to get me through moments. Like I use these things like they're, they're not even like things you can hold in your hand, but like, that's what got me through those moments. And to be standing in front of friends and for them to say that really helped me, that made me feel this, that was incredible. Like that to me is amazing. I'm like, wow, I really think that this is why I'm called to do what I do. Like, this is why I've made it through everything I've been through because I'm able to help these people get through what they are going through. And I get to be that voice that I never had, which mm-hmm. is like super cool mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And it, it's, it's one of the most visceral experiences being not only providing that for, for people, but like a range of people, mm-hmm. you know, like that's incredible. Like how much of an impact you possibly could have on <clears throat> a large population with varying demographics. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, that's a beautiful thing. Like same thing, like when I'm teaching too, I feel, I feel like there is some type of positive interaction that I'm having with my students that will help them in some way, uh-huh. you know, whether it's just for that week or, you know, for their entire lives, like, I'm responsible for that, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, it's like, you have to be so sure of yourself Mm -hmm. to, to make it work. You know, you have to be confident in your lyrics or in the words that you say, because that really provides, uh, like, like we talked about an authentic experience with the audience. So it's like, you got to have everything just right, you know, and you have to, you have to speak honestly about that. Mm-hmm. So like when you write, do you think of lyrics first? Do you think of the melody later? Or is it, does the melody inspire lyrics? It really changes depending on the song. Mm-hmm. Um, most recently I wrote a song. I literally, I came up with a part on the guitar. And then after that came the melody. I just played it over and over and over and started humming a melody over it. And was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then from there, just lyrics just came out. Okay. And I was like, huh, that's cool. There's a lot of times where I'm in the car or somewhere and I'll read something or see something or hear something and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a really cool lyric. And then I'm like in my notes, like my notes on my phone, I probably have over 300 notes, which is so dumb because most of them literally have one word yeah. or like two words, mm-hmm. you know, that I saw somewhere or whatever. But yeah, the, the process changes every time, especially when I'm co-writing. Like if I'm writing with someone else, um, you know, it's kind of like both of us or however many people there are trying to figure out how our methods mesh the best, Yeah, which can be difficult sometimes, but it's also just a great learning experience to learn how to work with another person. And there's a lot of compromise, you know, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're in a co-ride, it's almost like you're in a relationship with that person. It's like, well, we need to make the decisions that are best for the song. It's like a child. Like, yeah. like what are we going to do to give this song the best opportunity at success. And so it's like, well, we could say this. Well, no, 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 because, you know, that was said in this song or that melody's from this. Oh, you're you're right, you're right, let's change it. And so it's like two people having this, like, song baby together. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know, the process is different every time, but I love it. I love the... I love how it changes because I feel like if it was... People wrote this the same way every time. Right. It would get so boring mm-hmm. that I would just be like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So, did you do? Did you have a lot of co-writing in in Just Us? 
Just us. Hey, <laughs> 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 oh, oh, whoa, this song. I didn't. Um, so I actually worked with um, a producer whose name is um, Jeff Duncan. He goes by Duncan Sparks. Okay. And he's from New Zealand. One of the most talented producers I've ever worked with, hands down. I was introduced to him by my roommate at the time, um, Ida. She, I was, so I had just gone through this terrible breakup. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. Um, and I was in my room and I think that like we, it was like the day that he was like, you know what? We can't be friends anymore. And I was like, okay, like that's what I said from day one. But if that's it, like now that's what you want. Sure cool we're not friends went home that day and was like damn like what went wrong you know and so i was sitting with my guitar and i think that this one the way it was written was guitar first i started playing this really sad kind of chord progression and for some reason i kept going it's just us just us and i was like huh I like that. Okay, like, where can I go from there? So I wrote that song in probably 15, 20 minutes. Oh, my God, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just, like, word vomit. Yeah, right, yes. And as I'm writing it, I'm really, like, picturing... I mean, truly, it's it's about the moment of a breakup, pretty mm-hmm. much. Like, when, you know, I believe when you're in a relationship, it's, it's about you two. It's not about what your friends think mm-hmm. of... You know, unless the person you're dating is a complete shithead. Okay, that's a different story. <laughs> but, you know, your relationship is you too. And if if you both fail to communicate what you're thinking, if you fail to stay on the same page as their significant other, it's not going to work. Yep. It's all about communication. <clears throat> it's all about honesty. It's all about transparency. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to be transparent with your partner, you're wasting your time. Don't waste your time in a relationship if you're not willing to give that person all of you. And so that's kind of what it's about, you know, like I was, I mean, as I'm writing it, like I said, I'm like picturing, picturing the moment that we broke up, picturing the feelings and the emotions that I had. And I remember running out of my room, Ida, can I play something for you? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I heard it for the past, you know, whatever. Like, that was always the thing, you know. I finished the song, like, I come out of my room, you guys, it is finished. Who's ready to hear it? They're like, we already heard it 50 times. <laughs> but so I'm like, let me play this for you. And she was like, what's it about? And I was like, girl, you already know. Here it goes. It's called Just Us. All right. Play it. And she looks at me and goes, I know who's going to produce that song. I already know. She's like, it, it would be perfect. You have to work with Jeff. And I was like, make it happen so she brought me to their house and met jeff and his wife and his daughter and you know we get to talking so we go in the studio and he was like what are you feeling and i went oh he goes all right you've got stories i can tell (laughs) and i'm like i probably wrote 10 songs in the past week okay there's a lot on my mind and he was like well, play me one. Play me like your most recent that you're proud of. And so 
I was like, okay, I'm going to play this song called Just Us. And as I'm telling him what it's about, I'm like kind of crying, you know, because I, like I said earlier, I'm a very emotional person, but this breakup was still very new and very raw. And as soon as I finished playing, he looks at me and goes, you cool with starting on that right now? And I was like, yeah, I guess. He's like, cool, play it again. So he starts kind of messing with some production stuff. And within probably three hours, we had had a track and a demo vocal, like, finished. And during the demo vocal, I was very emotional, kind of crying, screaming, like, very, I mean, very emotional. And so I listened to it over and over again and was like, I don't really know. Like, this is pretty personal. And then he's like, well, you can come over. We'll redo the vocal. Okay, so I, we made the day, uh, made the plan, went over, re-recorded it. We listened back, and we looked at each other, and we're like, something's not right. And he goes, I feel like we should use the demo vocal. Like, I feel like we should go back to the original. And I was like, I guess, like, sure. Yeah. So we put it back in the song, and then it was like, it sounded done. Like, it was like, whoa. Like, we just did that. Mm-hmm. And it's it was crazy. Like, the, the creation of that song was just insane. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane to me, the f- like, how quick I wrote it, what it's about, all the emotion that went into it. Like, if I'm writing, if I'm writing off of an experience of an emotion that's recent, I cry like a baby, and I'm sitting there thinking of lyrics, and I'm like this like emo like (laughs) crying in my room but it worked Mm -hmm. i mean the song's done and it's coming out soon and i'm like i never thought i'd make it to this day with that song i just never did and here i am and it's like kind of (laughs) weird well it's crazy that that was born again it goes back to what we're saying like out of a discontinuity of learning Mm -hmm. like you faced a crisis Mm -hmm. you know and hadn't it been Ironically, for that crisis, you would not have had this single. Yeah, and it's it's incredible how it how much can come from our suffering. Yeah, you know, and our hardships, and it's just it that's it's and not only that, but like it's a song. It's like tangible. Like yeah. you can, yeah. I could download it on my phone, and knowing that I could pair that up with your story, mm-hmm. you know, that I actually heard for the first time, it's like. It, it makes the song even more meaningful, yeah. you know, and that it, it's just a crazy like manifestation of of your experience. And I don't think a lot of artists really do that, mm-hmm. you know, like <clears throat> they're just like, all right, here's a song. Let's go, you know, yeah. print it. And it's a hit, you know, and and it's like when you hear the stories behind, you know, the artist's writing, what they were feeling at the time. It's just like that. It makes it all the more meaningful. Yeah. You know, so that's super cool. I didn't know that you 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 know it went that fast and how yeah. quickly it developed yeah well and it's i feel like a lot of people you know i'm like doing a lot of interviews for the song and i feel like people are like looking for me to like talk shit about my ex <laughs> or like yeah. like ooh what's what's the, yeah. what's the gossip yeah. i'm like yeah. honestly i wish him the best i really think he's a great guy he's doing his mm-hmm. own thing it's whatever he seems happy i would never whatever it's fine like it's chill i obviously like got something really great out of it mm-hmm. and i don't know like i always just it's funny like as a songwriter, like are you like taylor swift do you just like yeah. talk shit about your exes and songs i'm like 
if that's what the song needs to be about, then that's what it's about. But it's never like, I'm not, I'm not a hateful, like I, I don't think I can ever hate somebody. Right. But I'm like, it's not like this hateful thing. Like I hate you. Right. I want you to hear this and know how much like, no, yeah. I, st- I will always love all my ex-boyfriends. I'll always love them because yeah. you can't unlove somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll always love them, wish them the best, whatever. But like, yeah, this is a song that's like, yeah, what you did was really shitty. And I made something out of it. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> right. but whatever, like, let's move on. We're adults. Yeah, exactly. We're but, relationships come and go. Yeah. Like it's a part of living. Yeah. 100%. You know, all what you were doing was just writing about life. Yeah. And to which probably people can relate. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they've gone through those experiences too. Breaking up sucks yeah. so much. Like, because it's like you invested so much time mm-hmm. in that relationship. And money. And money. <laughs> oh, my God. And you're just like, what did I waste it on? You know, yeah. at that point. And it takes a while for you to look back and be like, okay, there were some fantastic moments. And I grew out of that. Yeah, exactly. But, but you, at the time, you you're just like, fuck them. you. Yeah. You know? Totally. You totally. know? And it's just, it's so bitter. And it's like, it's like turmoil <laughs> mixed with just anger yeah you know and you 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 go up and down yeah and uh you can't hang on to that though exactly like people people talk (laughs) about like i hear people talk about taylor swift and read things they say about her i'm like leave the girl alone yeah let her write her songs (laughs) let her make her art like i highly doubt that when she released her album she was sitting in her room crying like i hate these guys look at these songs she was probably like Get money, like, (laughs) laughing all the way to the bank. I just made more hits, you know? Like, who cares? Like, who cares, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Oh, wow. That's a good story. You ever hear that song? No. That's what I just thought of looking at this Did you try that? Oh, you didn't try it yet? I haven't tried it. I'm going to right now that you... You're not allergic to that, are you? Mango? I don't... (laughs) We'll find out. We'll find out. So you're... For those of you who don't know, Allison is half Filipino. Yes. Which is why we have so much Filipino food here. Filipino, German, Jewish. Oh, you're part Jewish. Yeah. L'chaim. 13%. Didn't even know it. We did that 23andMe <laughs> thing. Oh, did you? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any cool stories about your Jewish ancestry or no? Just a regular? Nope. Regular Jewish? My dad always tells me that my ancestors were gypsies, which I believe because I'm literally like a living, I'm like the 2018 gypsy. <laughs> I currently don't own a mattress. I'm still living out of a suitcase. I have not been in the same place for more than a month in the past like five months. Like I'm just like, if I see an opportunity or think of something I want to do. I'm just like <laughs> southwest.com. Here I go. And I just like go like when I went to LA in January, I slept in a different bed every night or floor or car seat. Yeah. And literally a few times would go to yoga studios, be like, do you guys have your classes? And as they're explaining, I'm like, do you guys have showers? Like, you know, for after the classes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, can I just, like, check out the locker room? I just want to, like, look around. Oh, the next class is starting in, like, 15 minutes if you want to, like, get yourself. So, yeah, totally, totally. I ran in that fitting room so fast to take a shower <laughs> because I didn't know where I was going to shower. And I, like, 
run out, hair dripping, like walk into my next session, like hair dripping. My like mascara from the day before is still running down my face because I didn't <laughs> quite get it all off, you know? And I'm like, you got a towel <laughs> I can use. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah, hold on a second. Because there was one time I literally, my towel was dirty from, you know, previous days. So I used one of my t-shirts, my yeah. pajama t-shirts to dry myself off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, this is like, for real. This is like the struggle. <laughs> like the struggle is real in parentheses. That was like right above my head. As I'm like lying to these yoga instructors to be able like to take a shower. <laughs> Terrible. Did did LA or Nashville provide you with the most creativity? Um honestly, I feel like it's kind of a tie. Yeah. Because LA, I started going to LA when I was 14. Really? I, yeah. I don't realize how. Oh god! Okay. Oh, so wow. I, actually, I actually bought a ticket oh, without right. oh. telling my dad. <laughs> now he knows. I had coordinated the entire trip, <laughs> I, so I had a friend who was living in <clears throat> Studio City. She was like doing acting for Nickelodeon and Disney and stuff, and we were friends on like Zanga or MySpace or something. And we were like, "She's like, you should totally come to LA and like sing here." And I was like, "Amazing, Southwest.com." like called my aunt who lived in San Diego and like literally coordinated the whole trip. And I was like, Hey dad, I need a ride to the airport. And he's like, what? I'm like, God, I'm going to Hollywood. And he was like, bet your ass going to Hollywood. No, you're not. I'm like, I fly out tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, Oh, you're like, you're actually going. And I think about it now. Like my dad let me go. (laughs) I was like a child and he just let me sure go to Hollywood. And I was just like, Okay, but so I think at a young age, L.A. definitely inspired me. I mean, I'm not going to talk about all the things I experienced (laughs) on that trip, that first trip. Things that, like, I never thought I would see till I was in, like, college. (laughs) I would, you know, but, like, being so young and, like, seeing drugs in Mm -hmm. real life for the first time, seeing people drunk for the first time, like, Playing, literally, my friend Ariana and I went out one day and played. We started playing on Hollywood Boulevard to make money and then would spend it on 99 cent seaweed snacks at Trader Joe's and like live <laughs> off of that. I'm like, what were we thinking? But it's just so funny to me. But so I think, yeah, young age, LA for sure. During college, that's when I lived in Nashville and I went back and forth between there and LA. But Nashville provided me with a completely different outlook and perspective, which inspired me in different ways. I think Nashville, the musician part of songwriting and performing, Nashville was a huge inspiration for that because everyone you meet is a musician Mm. and everyone's better than you. Mm -hmm. Everyone. How long have you been playing guitar? I'm like, I started when I was 13. So, you know, like five years Oh, I've been playing for 40 years. And I'm like, ha I need to go practice. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. They're like, play something. It's just, you really don't want, you don't want me to play. Why don't you play something? Like, you're probably better anyways. Um, but so I think as a musician, yeah, Nashville was definitely like the wake up call. Like, oh shit. I thought I was, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a guitar player. Yeah. And then I like, like freshman year walk in and like some girl who's my age, like shredding on the guitar. And I'm like, ha. Who let me into this college? Because <laughs> I can't do that. 
But then LA as a songwriter and I think as an artist as a whole, like how you carry yourself and yeah. how you respect other people, that definitely came from LA. Oh, okay. So Wow, that's those are like two kind of great teachers. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah. I didn't realize the vast difference between like <clears throat> Nashville. I mean, I don't I I've never been in Nashville. So it's like I don't know how the music scene is is like there, but I mean I'm sure there's there's a lot that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. Just a pool of talented people. Oh you yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. You learn from everyone. Everyone I've met in Nashville is like the nicest people. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Everyone's like, Yeah, you can come over and I'm like I might be an axe murderer. He just invited me over for lunch. Okay. Like maybe I should bring an axe yeah. just to teach you a lesson. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> but no, they're just so nice. They're I'm nice. like, I remember moving there from Chicago. Like, hey y'all, how you doing? And I'm like, Yeah. Who does this guy? Y'all, t- please. Yeah. And now I come to Chicago. I'm like, hey y'all. And everyone's <laughs> like, this woman is on drugs. <laughs> like, like standing in line for coffee. I'm like, What's your favorite thing to get here? And people literally look at me like I'm insane. I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah, right. We don't talk to each other here. We just exactly silent. No, yeah, we don't talk to each other. We just give each other looks and then not even like yeah, you keep going. Yeah. So Nashville is very slow paced and kind of easy. A little bit slower, yeah. Yeah. Even writing sessions like L.A. I feel like most sessions I've had in L.A. were like. We're like, work, 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 yeah. work, work. It's done. Oh, shit, it's 3 a.m., but it's done. In Nashville, it's like, well, it's about 3 o'clock. <laughs> I've got another ride at 5, so let's just like re- let's meet up again sometime. Yeah. Which is like kind of cool, too, because you're like, oh, I actually get to eat lunch. I don't have to starve myself for another four hours. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, really? Yeah. I wanted to keep, Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then like nothing. And then most of the time, like I don't even finish the songs. Or yeah. You never see them again. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, let's grab coffee. Yeah. And then like you see them again. They're like, oh my God, let's grab coffee. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. Come on. I'm the one who had brain surgery. I'm the one who gets to do that. The whole, you know, 50, 30 second Tom, whatever that is from 50, uh, 50 first dates, 10 second Tom. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what I think of. It's like every time. <laughs> oh my God, we should totally grab coffee. And you see him out again at another show. Oh my God, girl, let's totally grab coffee. And I'm like, you've already said that. Yeah. And I texted you and then you didn't. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, and coming from like an uh, an urban setting, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, it's like you're constantly used to like taking advantage of whatever time you have. Yeah. Making 100%. most, it's very like economical the way that you kind of separate your time. Um, because I know so many people who have moved from city to, you know, to suburb or, or country and they're just like, everything is so slow and no one wants to do anything. Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, we're so used to getting up and, you know, getting shit done. Yeah. Just yeah. getting it done and like maximizing your day. But I think both are just two extremes. You yeah. Know? I mean, I think people in Nashville, don't get me wrong. They work really hard. Yeah. They definitely put the work in, but it's just a different culture. They're like, there's sure. so many live shows that you like have to go to to network. So like a lot of them look forward to the weekends and going out and drinking because like that's how you network. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it's hard for someone like me, like I don't drink and I don't like to be loud places a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, 
it's cool. Like I'll just have my meetings during the week and use my weekends to work on whatever. So yeah, it's just a very different culture. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people really like to go out and like drink. Yeah, there. Mm-hmm. It's like a everyone you meet's like let's grab a drink, and I'm like Sprite, please, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You can put a cherry in the bottom, spice <laughs> it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and you're going back there. Um, on your release date, right? Yeah, I'm going to be back in town. I'm leaving on, not tomorrow, Monday, but the next Monday. Mm-hmm. And you said that you're going to perform out there? Yeah, I am. I have a release show on April 1st, which okay. is April Fool's Day and also Easter, which would be super interesting. I am going to actually <laughs> put on an Easter egg hunt for my whoever decides to come and hang out. Um, but uh, it was kind of cool. I'm going to give like, there's a cover charge for the show. It's $5. And so I'm going to put $5 in some of the Easter eggs. So like you can potentially get your cover money back. Oh, that's cool. If you come. Yeah. So it'd be free. Um, I think I'm going to print some hats with some song lyrics. And then I think I'm going to get some Starbucks gift cards. Ooh. Which a lot of people, like some of my friends are like, why would you spend money? Like you're trying to make money. I'm like, I'm not trying to make money. I'm trying to like share my moment with my friends. Yeah. And like, if you support me, like I want to support your caffeine addiction, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> type vibe. So like, whatever. That's super cool. Are you, oh man. So you had to put all that together. You have to organize it and you have to. Yeah. Ooh. I didn't even think I'd get booked at the venue. I've never booked myself at a venue. I've always just like had people like, hey, we need a full spot or whatever. But I reached out to this venue and was like, hey, because I was supposed to originally have a release show at a friend's house and then it fell through. So I reached out to this venue trying to get the release Friday, like the 16th, have a show that day, but it's so soon um, that he was like, well, April 1st. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it, whatever. Like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I have to organize it. I have my friend Juliet Waybrett opening up for me. Okay. Um, trying to get a band together for that. So yeah, it's, and it's, I don't really have that much time either. Right. <laughs> and I'm not in Nashville right now either. So I'm like, uh, what do I do? But so I'll be down there a lot the next couple of weeks to try to get all that stuff. Oh man. Organized. Ooh. We'll see. That's great. That's exciting. Um, do you want to, do you want to wrap? What we'll do here. Okay. This is what I, I thought might work best is we wrap up the interview portion and then I wanted everyone to hear Allison perform. Yeah. So you will we'll kind of set that up in a moment. So we'll take a quick break. But uh, right now, why don't we give out some information about uh, your contact information, where they can follow you, where they can go, um, maybe even pre-order the single. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so if you... I want to follow what I'm doing, my social media handles on um, Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all the same. It's AV songs. Um, A is in Allison, V for Victoria songs. Um, and then if you want to pre-order the single, it's in the iTunes store, not Apple Music yet. Hmm. Um so if you go into the iTunes store and search Just Us Single or Just Us AV, um, it should come up. And I also have the link posted on all of my social media sites as well, if you can't find it. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. That's fun. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with some music. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, the first time, my very first musical guest. So give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for Allison Pinsa. Awesome. This is a song that I wrote called Come Down. I wrote it with my good friend Nick Blazina, and I hope you guys like it. from up there I'm safe and sound when I pretend that I don't care don't hide your eyes I still see the demons inside you can't deny the pain that you're trying to hide I tried to reach out but you're just too far away try to stay level but your head is up in space why, oh why I wanna love you, please let me love you Don't you lie I can see right through all of the times you rub so high Oh I wanna love you, please let me love you You Come down, come down I said get your head out of the clouds I found you out Yeah, you lie just a little too loud Don't hide your fears Even I get afraid of the dark But I'm still here Oh, oh Why, oh, why I wanna love you, please let me love you Don't you lie I can see right through all of the times you're up so high. Oh, I wanna love you, please let me love you. Oh, you're a satellite and you're up too high. You're a satellite, can you take me high? A satellite, can you take me? Can you take me? You're a satellite and you're up too high A satellite, can you take me high? A satellite, can you take me? Can you take me? Why, oh why? I wanna love you, please let me love you Don't you lie Why, oh why? I wanna love you, please let me love you Don't you lie I can see right through all of the times you were up so high oh, oh, oh. I wanna love you, please let me love you I wanna love you, please let me love you Say please let me love you oh, oh. Woo! Amazing! <laughs> Yeah. Don't forget March sixteenth. Woo woo. Whoa 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 yeah. <laughs> Just sing your promotions. Yeah. March sixteenth. Yeah 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 yeah. That was great. Don't forget to check it out on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? <clears throat> Do you have another song you'd like to sing, or or not? 
It's up to you. Yeah. Yeah, Aww. please. Let me do another one. The mic. I haven't played in a while. Let me think. When when was the last performance you had? God. Uh, back in the summer. Okay. Yeah, for a while. It's been a while. Uh, Does it help the nerves knowing that a good amount of people are listening to you right now? Or will listen to you? Like? Uh, honestly, (laughs) I'm like, I'm nervous in front of people no matter what. But it's like a good nervous. It's not like a, what if I mess up? Like, I don't really care if I mess up. Yeah. But... Um, oh, I'm going to play this other song. I usually, so I usually perform with a vocal pedal and have like harmonies and everything added, but this song's called electric. Oh snap. And I was seeing a guy who literally one day he was like, you literally make me feel like I have electricity in my fingertips. (laughs) And he also that night was like, I only want to be with you. You're the only one. Mm. Plot twist. (laughs) She was not the only one. (laughs) But once again, got a dope song out of it. Yeah, you electric, electricity. Shout out, Adam. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. He knows it's about him. This song's called Electric.
weekend and days and I can't stand You got me all choked up I'm not usually like this Can't describe it, it's infectious You give me something electric, electric, electric You give me something electric, electric Electric, give me something electric. Oh, oh, oh. Are you a man of your word? Are you a man? Of your word. Mm. <laughs> I messed that up. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm speechless. You, you like, it's it's really cool hearing how your voice has evolved. Yeah. Like, cause I remember like your first single. <laughs> 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 And then someone stole your identity, right? What did I even sing on Little BTV? What was the song? I don't know, but I have to find that clip because that was, it was really cool. It was the first, I think, like student artist performance that we had. My eyebrows were like too thin (laughs) for my own good. That's all I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's the story, Morning Glory. Um, do you want to do one more? Yeah. I'm like, what do I play? I like forget all my songs. I've been like learning a lot of cover songs lately, so I like yeah. don't really. Um, cover songs are fun. Mm. Okay, so this song. Uh, basically, I'm trying to think. I like this one, by the way. This is a good one. <laughs> I, I remember this one. Um, basically, when you first meet somebody mm-hmm. and you're like, you are like so infatuated, but it's almost like, <laughs> I feel like I've come to the point now that I don't really get attached to guys, mm-hmm. which is kind of, I feel kind of bad, like. I wish I could help it, but I just can't. I there's so many men out there that I just like love them all. Um, <laughs> but like this song is kind of like, do me a favor that if you want to keep me around, you're gonna have to work really hard <laughs> because I get bored easily. Essentially, <laughs> is what this song's about. I don't even know if I remember all the words, but I'm gonna attempt it. solid please keep my heart inside your pocket cause we are living in a danger zone say i can trust you if you're on your own you're on your own please do me a favor save all that drama shit for later cause we are living in the here and now i'm counting on you not to let me down don't let me down cause every time i see you my heart starts beating you're the reason i can't catch my breath 
Yeah, every time I'm near you, it's such a clear view. I can't get you out of my head, my head. Oh, whoa, I can't get you out of my head. Make me a promise. Please keep my picture in your wallet. These other girls are trying to be the one. Just hold me down, cause I'll be on the run. I'm on the run. And every time I see you, my heart starts beating. You're the reason I can't catch my breath. Yeah, every time I'm near you, it's such a clear view. I can't get you out of my head. My head. Oh, whoa, I can't get you out of my head. Every time I see you, see you, see you I can't catch my breath I can't catch my Cause every time I see you My heart starts beating, you're the reason I can't catch my breath yeah, Every time I'm near you It's such a clear view I can't get you out of my head <laughs> I think that's how it goes I love it Ooh, whoa. <laughs> oh my god thank you again for for thank coming you. by that was is probably one of my favorite podcasts i've ever done even though only <laughs> suck s- on that other, <laughs> other people <laughs> mr law's the only suck on that mr law who was funny enough my division teacher that's right oh Crazy. my god that's right yeah oh wow see we're all connected folks full circle Thank you again, Allison, for coming. Make sure that you pre-order her single, Just Us, coming out March 16th. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. That was fun. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Doesn't mean we shouldn't try.